Teachings of the Fellow Craft Degree My brother, you should have discovered by this time that Freemasonry has a certain teaching of its own, and that it is one of the principal functions of the ritual to interpret that teaching Masonry's method of instruction is unlike that of the schools. It uses ritual, symbol, emblem, and allegory in the place of textbooks. This is not as easy to follow as the schoolroom method, but it has two great advantages. It encourages the Mason to study and learn for himself. It challenges him to search out the truth. The purpose of secrecy is not to keep a candidate in the dark, but to stimulate him to seek the light. The symbols and emblems do not conceal the teaching. They reveal it, but in such a manner that a man must find it for himself. I can suggest only a few interpretations of Masonic teachings of this degree. I can suggest only what you find by your own efforts, how you may find it, and where you may find it. Only when a man finds truth for himself does it become a permanent possession. Masonry is dedicated to God, the great architect of the universe. An altar in every lodge room bears the open holy book upon it. Its members must believe in God. Its religion, like the rest of its teachings, is not set forth in written creeds. Each mason must come upon it for himself and put it in such forms as will satisfy his own conscience, leaving others to do likewise. Masonry teaches the necessity of morality, requiring its members to be good men, righteous, as symbolized by the square, upright, as symbolized by the plum, their passions kept in due bounds, as symbolized by the compasses, just in their dealings with their fellows, charitable, truthful, and honorable. A mason must extend a helping hand in relieving the need of an unfortunate brother or his dependents, but there is a limit to our ability and opportunity, and we are not asked to give relief when it would cause injury to ourselves or hardship to our families. Another important Masonic teaching is equality, symbolized by the level. It does not teach that impossible doctrine which erases all distinctions and holds that all men are the same in all respects. In many ways, men are quite unequal, as in physique, in talents, in mental capacity, in other abilities, and in character. Our belief in equality is manifested in the fact that we recognize as a principle that we owe good will, charity, tolerance, and truthfulness equally to all, and that within our fraternity all men travel the same road of initiation, take the same obligations, and have the same duties, rights, and privileges. A similar importance is attached to the need of enlightenment, much of the second degree is a drama of education, which suggests that personal experience is limited. 
if we learn only that which comes to us by our senses, we would be poorly equipped to deal with life's complexities and responsibilities. To our store of hard-won experience, we must add the experience of others, supplementing our own insights by the information of countless men brought to us through many channels. Our own knowledge must be made complete by the knowledge taught us by mankind. In the days when masons were builders of great and costly structures, the apprentice was a mere boy when beginning his service, scarcely knowing one tool from another, ignorant of the secrets and arts of the builders. Yet after his apprenticeship, he was able to produce his master's piece and perform any task to which the master might appoint him. How was this miracle accomplished? Not by his own unaided efforts, but by wise and patient teaching. As the master guides the youth's clumsy hands and passes on those skills, the master himself had been many years in acquiring.